navigating your way into the real world after school, college or university can be a daunting task. You might know what you want to do but just don't know where to start from or you may not have the facts to help you decide what you really want to do. Inasmuch as I believe that embracing the uncertainties of life is part of the process, I strongly believe that you don't have to dive in blindly or start from scratch because other people have been where you are and you can learn from them. Welcome to the School Leavers Roadmap Podcast, a podcast that brings you insights and personal experiences from different amazing people to hopefully equip you with actionable strategies to make informed decisions and seize opportunities as you figure out your life. Not only that, on this podcast, we debunk myths, review untold truths, and give it to you straight so you don't learn things the hard way because experience is the best teacher. I'm your host, Lyndon Sindano. Let's dive in, shall we? What's going on guys, it's Linda here. Welcome to yet another fantastic edition of the School Leavers Roadmap Podcast where we talk about all things navigating the real world after school, college or university in a holistic way, be it in academics and beyond academics. Because as we all know, this is the period where probably most of us have to make those life-changing decisions which are going to affect the trajectory of our life for probably like the next three to five seven even decade of our lives and i feel like it is very important to make sure that first of all you make an informed decision which is not clouded by biases or imaginations or just you know myths about things which can make you make the wrong decision secondly when you make an informed decision to find the ways probably the easier ways which you can seize the opportunity and then when you seize the opportunity and get into that space which you have decided to be into how do you navigate that space how do you know what is expected of you and so on and so forth that my friends is what we are trying to do at the school level podcast and in today's episode we hope right back into the academic segment and we are blessed and privileged to have somebody on this podcast who shares with us what it's like pursuing um studies in morocco he is in his final year pursuing biomedical science and he talks to us about biomedical science itself what does it mean to study biomedical science what kind of pathways are there after you study biomedical science what do you do what options are there for you after that and then if you are a zambian you know that if you're trying to get a scholarship for the most part what will come into mind is going through the higher education loans and scholarship board is kind of like the official way which most of us know not that other ways are not official but like we don't really know about them so in this episode he also shares with us you know the other ways in which you can find options for scholarships because we know that scholarships are just one of those ways which can help to decrease the burden of tuition fees because we know that tertiary education is extremely expensive and that 
is also affected by like the kind of profession if you are trying to do something like in medicine or engineering and stuff like that we all know it's not cheap i obviously don't know about anything but because i am a medical student that is what i know i am sure there are also other professions which are very very expensive and you're finding an opportunity where you can be able to decrease that burden for yourself and for your parents is actually very helpful we all know the higher education laws the scholarship board doesn't get a lot of people when we compare it to the number of people who need spaces in universities and help and so knowing other ways you can do that is very important and i'm so glad that our guest shared this with us ladies and gentlemen our guest is no other than sony apart from academics he is also running a page on facebook called heaven's ambassadors if you're a christian you want some christian affirmations and bible verses and all the good stuff be sure to check their page because i feel like they are doing an incredible job on their link in the show notes like i said the period after when you leave school college or university going into the next phase of your life be it in academics where you're trying to go and pursue further studies or you're trying to go into the corporate world it can be really daunting because there's a lot of decision making processes that take place and for you to make those decisions you need information now if you feel like truly and honestly this podcast is one of those sources of information that is helping you or that can help somebody which you know be it your friend sister cousin whoever needs this kind of help and needs the information to make an informed decision if you feel like this is it or this is one of it you know one of those things that can help somebody to make that decision and you know help prepare them and so on and so forth share with your friend you know tag us on the socials at the school never drop my podcast and i will show you some love right back the thing about podcasts is that they're so so easy to consume you can literally integrate them in your life whenever you're not doing something which is like requiring a lot of cognitive strength if you will you can literally be listening to a podcast i listen to a lot of podcasts let me tell you (laughs) it's just ridiculous the number of podcasts i'm subscribed to but i do that because it's easy for me to integrate them into my life i listen to them when i'm about to go to school dressing up when i'm cooking going to the mall taking a walk like all the time as long as what i'm doing does not require like a lot of cognitive strength like thinking and brainstorming and stuff like that listen i'm listening to a podcast it's easy and i'm getting valuable information from that and that is so amazing so if you feel like you can help somebody with this please just do it you know what i'm saying now that being said i know there's a lot of blabbing and so on and so forth which has been done around here but it needs to be done that all being done now let's get into the episode and see how the conversation between me and sonia went and i hope you gain a lot of information valuable information as much as i did from it without further ado let's get into it all right so thank you so much for coming here can you kind of like give us a brief um kind of explanation about like who you are what you do and your journey from like when you left school to where you are right now all right uh, so my name is gaston gaston katel uh, you can call me sony mm-hmm. yeah, so i'm i'm a Zambia student 
in 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 the kingdom of Morocco, and um, I'm doing biomedical science. Okay. Yeah, I came I think in 2019, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm in my final year right now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm learning. <laughs> okay, that's great. So you are studying in Morocco, right? Can you tell us about like the time in your life when you decided that you wanted to study abroad? Like when you were in secondary school, do you did you always have this goal like okay, when I'm done, I do not want to study in Zambia like I want to leave? And the choice of studying biomedical sciences, like how did that come up? Did you always want to study that or what kind of happened? Yeah, firstly, I I think uh the whole thing of traveling and uh going outside Zambia. Mm-hmm. I started when uh, my brother left for China. That was in 2017, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was, I think I was in the 11th grade. And yeah, I went for China. But where well, it wasn't for, for me, I am under uh, higher education and uh, loans and scholarship board. Okay. But for him, it was like some sort of sponsorship through an agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although we paid a little bit of some cash. For, for them to leave for the scholarship in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so when he left, uh, when he left uh, for China, I think from there I always want. Well, back I always wanted to study outside Zambia, but but you know, you know, you, you want to to study outside, but then you don't know how to, to go about it. Exactly. And, yeah. So when I saw him leave, when I saw him leave, mm-hmm. it was like it's possible it can be done. Yes. And at that moment, I was actually ready to write my exam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to write my exam right there. Yeah, but then it wasn't possible because I was in, in, in grade 11. Okay. And yeah, I just wrote it for my time. Mm-hmm. I wrote in 2018. I passed with good marks. Okay. And yeah, I started from, from the actually Morocco wasn't the first country I applied for. Okay. So the country I applied for earlier mm-hmm. which was Turkey mm-hmm. but unfortunately my application wasn't successful so okay. yeah life happens <laughs> yeah life, life happens happens. happens applications are just like you have to prepare yourself like it's not always going to be acceptance because yeah sure sure so when I was rejected they actually sent me a rejection email to say no your application is not successful Jeez. and and it was it was actually a scholarship that I saw others actually get mm-hmm. and for my case and then it's because when I was applying I, I think there was one mistake I made mm-hmm. I put like the best universities because we asked to choose 10 universities okay. and for me I chose like the best best universities in, in, in Turkey mm-hmm. so I was I was rejected and stuff like that yeah, yeah so I don't know quite right there they used to actually uh, choose students mm-hmm. but then anyway that passed and the opportunity came about. I think I saw it because I, I I'd like I followed the page on Facebook. Okay. By L, by LSB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when they advertised for Moroccan scholarship, mm-hmm. uh, I decided to give it a try, and voila, I'll speak. <laughs> That's nice. So like, I'm interested about like the Turkey was the scholarship also, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it also through the higher education loans and scholarship board, or it was different? Because I have no for that. Yeah, for, for that one is different. They you actually apply direct like you have, you apply for yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to apply to an agency or some sort of government go, government board or something. Okay. For that one you apply for yourself. Mm-hmm. You apply direct to the to the government of Turkey. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with uh, the Zambian education 
something or something board or so yeah you just apply for yourself and then you, when you are selected you go for interviews they call you mm-hmm. you go for interviews at the embassy uh-huh. actually you actually know two people were selected when we were applying mm-hmm. i think one of the people is blessings i think he's in russia right now yes and uh, the other one the other one the other girl is actually in Turkey. so she already left mm-hmm. yeah so it's just a scholarship that is offered by the Turkish government. And that from there, I think I learned that uh, this scholarship they advertise, because sometimes I, I used to feel like these scholarships are, you know, they are scams. Like people yeah. are just trying to get money out of you. Yeah. yeah. But I got to, knew, to know about it actually through uh, the head the boy was our former head boy from our school. Mm-hmm. Like, um, no, I'm not mentioning his name <laughs> for security. Reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is the one actually he had applied for the same scholarship and he was actually selected and he went and he was doing chemical engineering there uh-huh. and when he came back like just to, just to visit he, he talked about the scholarship he talked about how they sponsored him they paid his air ticket uh-huh. they paid everything that with regard to the scholarship and stuff like that uh-huh. so that's how i actually started searching about safety and that's how i applied and yeah, it's possible. We sometimes I think we just sit around thinking like, no, these are scams or something. But it's possible. It, these are scholarships that are real. Mm-hmm. These are scholarships. I mean, I've got a number of people I know who have got scholarships that are not advertised by the board. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I have another friend in UK right now. Okay. He just got the road scholarship this 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 year. Oh, that's awesome. He's, he's doing his master's. And he's doing his master's in, in UK right now. He got the, I think they give about two people. Yeah. And he gave it a try and they, he was selected. They selected him mm-hmm. and he's doing his master's right in the UK. So it's something that, with scholarship, is something that you just have to try. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I'd love to share that. So like, um, there are scholarships which are advertised by the Higher Education Loans and Scholarship Board. Obviously, they have like a page on Instagram and on Facebook and you can kind of like go and check there. For for like the ones going to Turkey or the UK, where do people kind of like find those? Is there like a website or something? Yeah, actually, most of these scholarships, like sometimes you go on the website, the university website, mm. uh, there is a part where there is funding where you where they say funding when you check out the the I mean where there's an icon there where you check contacts, the funding, the the courses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we normally for me I normally go on the funding. Mm-hmm. I check out what kinds of like what opportunities can I get if I was to apply to this university. Mm-hmm. I was selected. What how can I how can I get my, my education funded or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I get to actually learn about scholarships. I mean there are a lot of opportunities out there but because we don't know about them, we are, we are not able to benefit from them. Yeah. yeah. But if you go through the funding, then you, I think you want, you find that there are a lot of scholarships. Mm-hmm. Apart from the roads, there's the Chevening scholarship as well. Mm-hmm. And they keep awarding people each year. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now I'm kind of like picturing myself with like a phone or a PC and I'm like checking. I am not in Turkey. I don't know what kind of universities they have there. So now, how do you choose yeah. which school's website are you going to check the funding for? Because since you said like you check specifically for this school, because most schools obviously they have websites, right, where they post stuff. And then you go in the funding, I don't know if it's tab, and then you check, you see what is there. So now, 
how do you know like which school is which because you're not there okay for that one like uh it depends with the kind of scholarship mm -hmm. there are scholarships that that are given after you are selected by a certain university mm -hmm. and then there are scholarships given before you actually before you actually get selected by the university mm -hmm. so like for the Turkish government scholarship the scholarship they'll give you the scholarship mm -hmm. and then they'll do your paperwork at the university so and then there are other scholarships like the Shevni scholarship mm -hmm. you have to you have to apply to your university you pick, and then you get the funding from them so it just depends with which kind of scholarship that uh, you're looking for mm -hmm. yeah but i find those ones they the, the ones they give scholarship before you actually get selected i think i find them better because when you're given a scholarship you don't have to do the paperwork or applying to invest because you're already like they have already done the paperwork yes on behalf and stuff like that. yes yeah and then apart from that i think also facebook there are certain pages where you can join like uh scholarships Zambian students abroad. Mm -hmm. I think the other scholarships that I've known about, I used to search from the internet. That like I'll search like government, uh, China government scholarship or government of China scholarship or something mm -hmm. or Turkish government scholarship. Yes. And then to bring me this scholarship, and then if I see, you know, I have to check how legit it is as well. Mm -hmm. uh, if I see if it's really advertised by the government of Turkish, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is. It is legit. Yeah. Then I give it a try. <laughs> yeah, that is really informative because I mean, myself, I came through the higher education loans and scholarship board here in Russia, and the people I've talked to also they came through the higher education loans and scholarship board. So I was kind of thinking, like, is there another? way aside from the higher education loans and scholarship board because they do not get a lot of people i mean it's a lot but like compared to the amount of people who are looking to get into universities it's not a lot so like the more options you have the better right yeah sure, sure. so now can you kind of like take us through like your application process through the health b i mean like yeah what kind of like documents did you prepare when going there and also did you have like any challenges during the application process or any mistakes which you would you wouldn't want people to make to kind of like make the whole process run smoothly yeah i think uh outside with the last one mm -hmm. <laughs> the mistakes that i i feel i made okay um well uh for, for the way the scholarship was advertised mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't so specific to which course you are actually applying for. Mm -hmm. Like for medical studies, they just said medical studies, but under medical studies, that's where medicine was, dentistry and stuff like that. Yeah. But they just said medical studies and stuff like that. Okay. And the first thing that I, I, I thought when I saw the, like medical studies, it was like medicine and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think it was just me, but I don't know. Yeah. But it was the first thing that came to mind was medicine. and. I came to learn about it when I came to Morocco. Mm -hmm. But actually, there were there were other opportunities that we didn't actually utilize. Mm -hmm. Like they do give dentistry. Dentistry is considered as one of the best courses. Okay. Yeah, they do give dentistry, and no one actually applied because it seems a good number of us didn't know exactly what were what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. And and USB World didn't specify the number of people that Morocco one mm -hmm. for medicine mm -hmm. it is later after we started the process and stuff that uh stuff like that that we learned uh 
that they only need about five people and then these other people need to apply for other medical related courses like biomedical science uh laboratory or something like that mm-hmm. and uh yeah anesthesia or yeah something like that so i think the mistake that i i didn't really realize that uh i can actually apply for for dentistry or well there are a lot of opportunities yeah that i didn't actually utilize mm-hmm. yeah so those that is just one of the mistakes that i made mm-hmm. and yeah the challenges that i found well, with applying for the, I mean, applying for the scholarship. Yes. I think it was the, the requirements. Mm-hmm. I felt at some point I was discouraged because I didn't meet all the requirements. Mm-hmm. First of all, I didn't have my birth certificate. Mm-hmm. I had my birth record, but I didn't have my birth certificate. Yeah. And I, they were asking us to certify the, the results and all the documents, mm-hmm. the, the academic documents. With, this is it. Yes. Yeah, we're supposed to do it with. Mm-hmm. and then doing that side it wasn't free <laughs> you know the so, thing is i think i they don't even tell yeah. you like you're supposed to pay for all these things it's when you start like doing the process mm-hmm. like you have to pay here you have to pay here it's like <laughs> what is going exactly. on exactly exactly that's that was the thing when i saw oh no you need to certify your documents with this and stuff like that and yeah i sent someone because i was busy i was doing some training mm-hmm. Well, before I came to Korea, I was doing some training. So someone, a friend of mine, who's actually with me in Morocco, mm-hmm. uh, went to actually verify with pieces and how much it costs to to actually certify a document. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the, the amount of, I was like, I'm on to certify seven documents. And that will cost me like 700 because each document was like 100. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, that would be a lot of, a lot of a lot of money yes because i was i mean i was just passing by then <laughs> i just tried my best mm-hmm. yeah so i was discouraged i even actually gave up i was like i'll try next time maybe mm-hmm. and stuff like that so but my heart still i still felt like i need to give the try and stuff like that mm-hmm. and yeah i still applied i satisfied my results with the police i just went to the headquarters satisfied them and yeah i applied with my best record mm-hmm. And the good part, I had already gotten my passport, mm-hmm. like in February, because the, the Turkish scholarship required that I get my passport. So I had already gotten it. Mm-hmm. So when um, the Moroccan scholarship was advertised, it was very easy for me to actually apply because the, most of the requirements were there. Mm-hmm. So except these few requirements that I wasn't meeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I applied and I was, yeah, I was picked for the interviews and mm-hmm. yeah. The process went on. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I can actually relate to what you were saying about certifying and stuff because, like, I also left school in 2018. So, firstly, I just had like the results transcript. I do not have the results certificate because it comes out after like two years, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah. like, on the transcript, they write like certified true. What do they write? Certified transcript of results. That's what they write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, in my head, I'm like, this is certified. Like, I don't need an extra certification. Yeah, yeah. And when I literally went to go and apply, there were a lot of people. And I went with two of my friends who were applying together. 
So now we're kind of like checking the documents if everything is in place. I'm saying like everybody's documents is having like kind of like a different certification. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that was pro- that was like a Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. And the following day, Friday was the closing date. I'm like, oh, snap. The closing day. Yeah. This is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Yeah. Just the problem. But I, I mean, if you if you don't try, you you won't know. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't know that you're such a possible. Sometimes it's just give it a try, even if yeah. I mean, if you, even if you don't meet the requirements. Yeah. So like, yeah. I just saw that I let my friends apply, but I went back home. Then on Friday, like I woke up very early in the morning to go and do the certification. There are a lot of people also that side, but I was just praying, like, let me finish in time. Like, I should do it in the morning, then after lunch, I'll take my papers. So that's kind of what I did. But yeah, if anyone is kind of like considering to study abroad, actually, it's not only studying abroad. Literally everywhere, they want your results to be like certified. So like when you get them, yeah, just sure, sure. go and certify them. Because most of the times when you see them, the advertisements you don't have a lot of time to be doing that it's better you just have your documents yeah exactly. you photocopy them you take them you're done literally because there's no time yeah. okay so now let's talk about like the interviews um how did they go what were you asked? What were your emotions? And kind of like general advice about interviews because for most people, it's like an intimidating experience. You find a lot of people who are applying who are like very competitive. Sometimes even the interview environment is also, might be a place you've never been before, right? So like, how was your experience? Well, I can't lie to be truthful, I think. I was also nervous mm-hmm. on the actual day. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I was excited. I, I was excited when I was born, but on the actual day, I was actually a little bit nervous mm-hmm. because I was now thinking like having the experience of being rejected. I mean, when I applied for my first scholarship, so I was like, like if it happens for the second time, because by then I had already opened up my mind to anything. Like I even applied at Munda, mm-hmm. so I was like, I, I would just need to get or something yeah yeah so i was just nervous to withhold the interview team and stuff like that because yeah i met people i mean when i went to to, to the offices mm-hmm. well the people were real gay <laughs> I was, yeah i was like wow uh-huh. i didn't expect it because they actually told us to wear i mean to dress smart and stuff like that yeah so i just came you know smart but not to the point of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't just I didn't dress to impress anyone. So I yeah, when I reached there I was just seeing people dressed in three piece suits. Uh-huh. You know, people looking so good and stuff. Like they're going to a wedding and, or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, like they are going to to a wedding or a ceremony or something. I was like, Wow, this is what I've gotten myself into. But mm-hmm. I never stopped believing in myself. I never stopped believing in God that uh it was going to make the the opportunity to go through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just, I mean, I was, I remember sitting there waiting to be called in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the lady, the lady works there. I actually came. Mm-hmm. I wasn't actually putting on a necktie. Mm-hmm. I was 
<laughs> I, was, I was smart. Mm-hmm. I was smart. I was looking smart, but then I didn't wear a necktie. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't put on a necktie. So she came and said, why are you not putting on a necktie and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see every, everyone else? And yeah, truthfully, I was the only one who didn't wear a necktie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a little bit awkward. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so she was like, why didn't you wear a necktie and stuff like that? I was like, uh, I didn't even have a response. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a response because I had neckties at my place. Yeah. I decided to leave them. Yes. I just, I just wanted to be. I didn't want it to feel like. I didn't want to. I don't know how I can put it, but I didn't want to, it to feel like the biggest thing in the world. Like I have to, you know. Yeah. I just wanted to be normal and to look normal. And I believe, like, if it's an opportunity for me, it was going to go to respective mm-hmm. of how I, I address. Well, it's important to, to respect the the rules but yeah that was the case and i waited to be called in and then i was called in and i likely had a, a friend mm-hmm. in russia okay who had done the interviews before mm-hmm. who had done the, the interviews before so he kind of uh, gave me some info now to go about the interview and stuff like that mm-hmm. gave me some of the questions that uh, they were asking and some of the things that i was going to see and stuff like that now I was going to respond to the questions that they were asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I went there, actually, I had an idea. I'd done a little bit of research mm-hmm. on the course that I was applying for. Okay. Yeah, because looking at it was something that I loved, so I had done more more than I should have. Yeah, mm-hmm. because the the questions they ask, they are easy questions. Something that you know, something that you should know if you love the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, they asked me like the the types of medicine, the types of studies, I don't know, yeah, that we do. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, because I revised the questions and I researched about it, it was very easy for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they asked me about myself, my education background and stuff. Yeah, and I told them how, how, how I told them how my studies had gone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they told me, you know, if your if your application is successful, we'll call you back. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't call you back, you should just consider your application as unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> now the waiting part that was the most scary part because oh I was like, my, my friend, I called my friend, my friend, I called my friend. She was like, they called me oh. to go and do the yeah to go and do the follow up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And me, I wasn't called yet, so it was really, really, really yeah. like breathtaking. Like it was, yeah, it was breathtaking and. Yeah, eventually they called me and then they informed me, oh, this is what you should do. You should report mm-hmm. uh, to the office uh, by 12. And yeah, I went there and then we began the process. Okay. Yeah, interviews are a whole experience. You know, now that I think about it, the waiting part is actually hard <laughs> because like you literally have to be... It's really hard. You are checking your phone. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even have a phone. Yeah, you're checking your phone. And <laughs> what if you use somebody's phone? You're thinking maybe they called me the person to not tell me. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the thing if you use somebody's phone. I, I think for me, because my phone, I, I used to, well, the battery was weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the battery was weak. So I, 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 I used to put my mom's line on it. So, and because I knew my mom's phone never goes off. Mm-hmm. She always charges her phone and stuff like that. So they used to call her instead of my number. I put both numbers, just that I put as first and then mine second. So they chose, they started calling the first number and that was mom's line. Mm-hmm. So each time they called, I should call me and then inform me, oh, you have been called for interviews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just advise everyone to put a number which is, which is waiting, mm-hmm. a number that is always on. Because 
once you they call you two three times you can't speak up they'll consider i mean they'll they'll give that opportunity to someone else because mind you we are competing i mean we're competing against a lot of people mm-hmm. and if they can't get to contact you they'll obviously deal it to someone else who's available at that time yeah yeah so like before you guys traveled to morocco where interviews like the last process for you guys or there was something else which you did before that well interviews were not the last thing that we did mm-hmm. i can say interviews were not the, the the beginning of the process mm-hmm. because it is after the interview that you begin doing the the visa application the the AOC checkup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was after the interviews that they actually advised us all. Oh, you have to get the test, the TB test, the, the HIV and the stuff. Again, the vaccine, the, the HIV, the yellow yellow fever vaccine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was after the interview. So it's, I feel it's after the interviews that the whole process began. That's because that's when it actually discovered there was more to do yeah. than just interviews. Like you have to go do this stuff and then you have to have some money yeah. a bit of some money as well because all those processes required required a, a little bit of some cash mm-hmm. and for me i was in that case in Saka. Mm-hmm. I, I come from copperbelt oh boy so i had to travel to Saka each time they called me for for something yeah so i had to travel and you know they those were expenses as well so yeah keeping some cash something that you have to consider when you're applying for some scholarship. I mean, even if the scholarship is 100%, but there's always a part that you have to play. It's not something that is completely free or something, yeah. Yes, yes, that's true. Because, like, you know what? These people need to be telling us, like, you need to keep money because <laughs> it's <laughs> it comes, like, as a shocking moment. You just say, like, okay, you have to do medicals. Medicals are not free. You have to do like a visa. I don't know. We had to pay for the visa. Mm-hmm. You have to take your documents to the Ministry of, I don't know if it's Foreign Affairs, Home Affairs. Like, bruh, why didn't you tell us about this? That's the problem. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's the part. That's the part where where you someone has to ask those who have done it before. Mm-hmm. Like. You ask how is the procedure done so that you just prepare yourself in advance. Yeah. I was like, Mama, mommy, by then she had some cash to spare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> some cash to spare. So I just used to cry, oh, man, this is, this is how it is. And I, I need some money. I need to do this and stuff. And then she would send it. And then, yeah, I'll do the process and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But even if I didn't have cash then, I think, um, I would have still tried my best because I knew the opportunity. I didn't want to miss the opportunity because mm-hmm. I had already caught some people and I had some friends who had traveled to Algeria mm-hmm. and then they connected me to some people where I was raised in Morocco. So I, I had an idea of the uh, of the benefits of the scholarship and other opportunities that I would get mm-hmm. uh, not just from having the scholarship. So I didn't want to miss it at, uh, at all costs. So I did every possible thing just to get it. And yeah. I mean, every possible legit thing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah, sure. Yeah. It also, I feel like it also kind of helps if your parent or guardian or whoever is helping you, like, they kind of, like, see your vision, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, you don't, if you don't know anyone who went out for a scholarship or something like that, you think like it's a scam. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you might not think that it is 
worth it for you to be spending all this money on it and if you do not provide the money for yourself now you have two jobs of like convincing yeah. your parent or guardian like you're like i actually need this money like it's true so um yeah if you're like the first one like me like just be ready to get into the job of convincing well, people you know this this thing is the deal people have been doing it it's possible and stuff like that yeah <laughs> for me i think uh that part of convincing okay i didn't experience it very very much mm-hmm. uh because they were actually calling mom when i was called for interviews it was mom they called so so she's the one who was actually I mean, mm-hmm. she was already convinced that I was given the scholarship. So mm-hmm. I didn't get part of convincing me, except that she had to just give me the money and yeah, yeah. that I needed for the whole process. Yeah. Okay, so... Now, can you tell us about like when you guys were done with all the medicals, the visas and everything, and basically you traveled and you arrived in Moscow? I mean, not in Moscow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're too used to Russia. <laughs> yeah, when you arrived... Okay in um morocco like how was the adaptation process for you guys like you know the language barriers and everything the expectation versus reality like just take us through your adaptation process how you were feeling and how you were like what was going through your head during that whole period basically yeah i I think from after we did the whole process and yeah we're done and then we're told so we did the orientations as well because mm-hmm. was the former president okay. and so they, for the association that the student association that is in Morocco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they called him and I uh, came and uh, to give us a little bit of insight of what we should expect and how the environment is and how we should go about it. And yeah, I did give what you could give out the information that you could share. Yes. And, yeah. Because I think for me, because I was doing a little bit of research, mm-hmm. I think it was it was very easy for me to adapt. Mm-hmm. I can say because I had already prepared my mind uh, with what I was going to see or what I was going uh, for what I was going to see. Mm-hmm. And when 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 I came, I think uh, the culture shock is that uh, people smoke a lot <laughs> because people smoke a lot which we don't see in our country, mm-hmm. except that people here don't drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people don't drink, but they smoke a lot and stuff like that. Same so, here. I mean, I'm not someone who goes, yeah, I'm not someone who goes very well with either smoke or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have, to, I have to adjust and, yeah, apart from that, I think the education system, we didn't uh, go directly into school. Okay. Like, uh, we went through the a certain center, a languages center, mm-hmm. where we had to do French for about, um, well, it was meant to go for six months, mm-hmm. but we know COVID came in and stuff like that. So we only meant for like three months, okay. three months. And then we did, I think, an extra month or two mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because the, 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 the learning process didn't feel effective because 
they teach you the language in the language. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. they will teach you French using French. So they will teach you French using French, and then you're coming from an Anglophone country where you've never, never had French. So for me, I was privileged at my school. I used to do some little bit of French in grade nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I never, I had never learned so much. It was just, just counting one up to five and yeah. a little bit of the letters and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, also my, my love for French also helped me because I loved French from way back. Okay. Yeah. So when I came here, it was easy for me to adapt mm-hmm. and yeah. So the new environment, though the weather was different, mm-hmm. because I think in Zambia we have savannah, savannah climate or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here they have like Mediterranean climate, so the the weather is not stable. Okay. It changes from time to time. Mm-hmm. It can be cold, all of a sudden it becomes hot. Mm-hmm. It can be hot, all of a sudden it starts raining. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a bit unstable. So yeah, I had to also adapt to that kind of situation because that time I used to go, maybe it was cold in the morning, but then you come out with all your hoodies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it becomes so hot. Yeah. You know, we are close to the desert. Then it feels weird that you're wearing all this big, big, I mean, coats and stuff like that. Then it becomes so hot and, you know, you're sweating. And yeah, sometimes it becomes so hot. I think the weather is the one I have taken long to actually adapt to mm-hmm. because of, um, yeah, it gets hot to the extent it reaches 45 degrees. Whoa, degrees crazy. Really, really hot. <laughs> it's, everyone is just inside. People are not moving about. Cats are tired. I mean, the streets, you find cats a lot because I think there are more cats here than dogs. Mm-hmm. So you find cats are exhausted. Mm-hmm. Animals are exhausted. They are just sleeping around. Mm-hmm. You know, you find cats everywhere sleeping and people are not moving. It's hot. Yes. I think the weather is hard to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with time, I think we have learned to, I mean, our bodies have adapted to the whole weather situation and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting period. So, like, uh, seeing that you did not have like enough time to learn the language very well, did you use like some kind of resources for yourself to kind of help you learn it maybe on your own? so that you can better prepare yourself for when you start your main course? Yeah, we did do that. But the thing is, uh, I think with the language, thing, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can you can learn for three months, then all of a sudden you are speaking it yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that comes with time, experience, you listen to local people, you, you speak with the native people or something, mm-hmm. you, you hear people speak the language a lot, and then yes. you learn from there. Because the, the whole thing, the, the whole idea was um, maybe if I can study as much, maybe I can, by the time I'm going to the university, I'll, I'll, I'll reach the extent of speaking the language, which I discovered wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Because I did a lot of studies. Honestly, I did a lot of studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a lot of studies with my friends. We did, I mean, we, there is what we call conjugation which, <laughs> in French. Which yeah, means... We did a lot of conjugation. <laughs> Conjugation like uh, conjugazo, mm-hmm. which is you have to conjugate the verb mm-hmm. according to the to the person. So if oh. it's first person, you have to conjugate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like English where when you when you are referring to one person, you say you. 
to two people you still you still say you mm-hmm. but if you, if face is changing if you are talking to someone you, you say to you mm-hmm. but if you are talking to or to you uh, if you are talking to a lot of people it changes to buzet yes vale. mm-hmm. so it changes, so that was the whole idea we did a lot of i mean verbs and adjectives adverbs mm-hmm. we made a lot of statements we did we watch we watched movies in french we listened to songs in french and it did help with understanding mm-hmm. but with speaking it was really hard speaking you have to kind of like like you have to you have it takes time yeah and so even this uh, new students who are coming in i think the idea because we all come with the same mentality so i do tell them that the language you learn you, you have to put the effort mm-hmm. you have to put in effort but it has to come with time as well you practice you speak you listen you, you i mean you do a lot of things to actually get to where you want to be yeah it's not something that can be just three months and then you see <laughs> yeah that's true that's true because like it takes time you need to reach a level of speaking maybe writing kind of like comes in early writing and reading and then now you have to start speaking yeah actually for my case i think writing was the first thing mm-hmm. writing was the first thing when i started uh, understanding when someone is speaking mm-hmm. and then speaking was actually the last thing that i did mm-hmm. <laughs> so the last thing that 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 i acquired was the last thing but i used to understand when someone says something but just to respond or to give us a statement irrespective of the number of verbs i knew so still had to actually uh, yes. communicate because you kind of like learned those verbs one by one now you need to get mm-hmm. you need to remember them from wherever your brain stored them and pick them together from a sentence <laughs> I know right. For a language which you already <laughs> yeah, know it's kind of like automatic like the words are just coming out. I actually discovered more in I mean the lang- about the, the English language as well as I was learning the French language. I'll be like we never considered this when we were doing English. Yes. When we're learning English. <laughs> That's so true. So when you begin studying the other language then you you discover that you actually the language naturally because they are found in such an environment mm-hmm. which permits you to do so yeah, yeah. and there's just some kind of like grammatical stuff which people who learn it as a native language don't necessarily go in like deeply but when you're learning a language like mm-hmm. as a foreign language is all the grammar even the grammar which the native speakers don't yeah. know like for example here people have been asking me like mm-hmm. how do you conjugate this in present simple i'm like i don't know what present simple is <laughs> i just know how to say the right thing <laughs> because for them they teach them like okay thing. this is going to be present simple this is past i don't know like all the tenses there yeah, are in english because people here like they learn english so like when they see you yeah. they want to practice with you or they want to ask you questions but like mm-hmm. i don't know like the grammar i just know how to say it like when it's wrong i know that it's wrong. <laughs> I think it's, so like what it is actually similar with, uh, with the case uh, people i mean people want to practice with you and you also want to practice with them there and but then they want you to speak more of the english yeah. which I found that it doesn't benefit you so much. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, um, can you tell us about like what it's like studying what you study? You said you're studying biomedical sciences. Biomedical. Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, biomedical science is not a very obvious course, I guess. I mean, you know that it's in the medical, it involves sciences, but like, can you kind of give us like a brief description of what it is, what you guys are studying, and then if you know, like the kind of pathways which somebody can take after studying like biomedicals, like what can you do after that? Yeah. Okay, so so by, by medical science, uh, in simple terms, it's just, the, it's just the course which allows doctors to carry out the or the diagnostic or something, yeah. So like normally when the when it, when the doctor, for instance, I, I let me give you a scenario. When when a patient comes to the doctor mm-hmm. and then the 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 doctor carries out for this test and then they can't really determine like for instance someone has a stomachache or something. Mm-hmm. They can't really determine the cause of the stomachache. Mm-hmm. Then they go further to actually ask for body fluid. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of body fluids, okay. uh, from urine to excrement and um, and sweat or saliva or something to, to actually take this stuff to the lab so that uh, we can check out for certain maybe parasites, mm-hmm. uh, bacteria, or maybe stuff that can cause infection. Yeah. yeah. So that our job is to actually check out stuff. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> check out stuff. So, yep. We have determined, yes, most of the, the, the most part of our job is within the lab. Mm-hmm. Actually, determine what's, what's really the cause of this. Mm-hmm. Like, from determining blood type to like blood compatibility. Yes. Uh, we'll have to check out the certain stuff. Is it compatible? We want to do with the blood transfusion? Like, with someone, there is a patient who needs blood, but we have to carry out, we have to check out their blood. What's their blood type? And then we, like if they are out, compatible, compatible something to this specific patient. With, yeah, somewhere exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, from urine and stuff. From urine, we can determine uh, maybe someone is diabetic or something. Mm-hmm. We can check out certain stuff, mm-hmm. and then we determine okay because because of this, there's there's a possibility that the patient is diabetic and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then those those results are sent back to the doctor, mm-hmm. and then the doctor because. They are equally educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know exactly to say, okay, if the person is diabetic, this is the kind of medication mm-hmm. that needs to be given to the patient. Mm-hmm. So our job is to actually help out the medical doctors determine exactly what's wrong with the patient. Okay. You know, that that's an awesome specialty because I actually did not know that diagnostic medicine exists until there's this like movie series. It's called Doctor House. Do you know it, Doctor House? Is that what we call Doctor House? <laughs> Funny enough, I'm not. I don't watch a lot of series, okay. except that I started the Good Doctor, but I eventually stopped because you should work. I mean, it's got boring to some extent. I feel like you should work <laughs> Doctor House. He's like this amazing like diagnostician who diagnoses things like you just can't imagine. They'll be checking for causes of the disease in the house. Like it's just crazy. <laughs> Yeah, so like I feel yeah, like in the medical, in the medical world, people like, well, I kind of feel this. They consider like surgery to be this like 
it's like the apex of medicine or something so for the most part when i see most medical students even the lectures were telling us like when medical students come in first year everyone will be like i want to be a surgeon i want to be surgeon i want to be a surgeon but like you need to be more open to other things and when i watched that series like i loved diagnostic medicine you just kind of realize like how each and everything kind of matters what you eat as everything yeah okay so that was like a good explanation yeah do you want to say something yeah i think you the the, second question was uh what can someone venture if i'm not mistaken yes 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 well yeah i think i think uh what can you venture in what's the future Mm -hmm. i think uh you can it can allow you to also do forensic science mm-hmm. where you have to i mean these people search for i mean details or or evidence how may the crime scene what happened mm-hmm. or who was there and something like that mm-hmm. yeah so you can you can do forensic science and something like that or you can where you specialize in blood mm-hmm. yeah so you, you deal with everything related to blood there are also specialties like uh, pathology, mm-hmm. where you you deal with uh, pathogens and that are dangerous to people, mm-hmm. something like that. Then there are also other specialties like uh, there's a school in the capital city because I'm not in the capital city. Mm-hmm. There's a school in the capital city where you have you can specialize in uh, biopath, mm-hmm. which is the uh, biopathology, mm-hmm. uh, specialty in cancer. Okay. So there are those those specialties as well mm-hmm. and i'm actually considering to go there for, you like oncology for, for the specialty. <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm, i might consider it mm-hmm. yeah then there are also other specialties like neuroscience mm-hmm. so i don't know how many neuroscientists we have been done there but there's a specialty for neuroscience in another city mm-hmm. yeah so this this is where you can get to if you really want to go through the biomedical science okay. program that's interesting so like um, looking at the courses which guys you guys take, do you literally take like anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, like microbiology, all those kind of things? Okay, well the education system, the Moroccan education system is a little bit different from the Zambian education system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in my first two years, mm-hmm. I think we're doing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff which, I, which to some extent I thought this stuff I shouldn't be doing this stuff. <laughs> I mean, they taught us a lot of stuff. Yeah. I was like, we did from an analytical mathematics, mm-hmm. we did algebra, mm-hmm. we did we did thermodynamics. Right. Imagine, we are doing a medical course, but then in the first place, they are teaching you thermodynamics, they are teaching you fluid mechanics, mm-hmm. they, are, they are teaching you a lot of cosmology, mm-hmm. I mean, side of the galaxies and what? stuff like that. I was like, God, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, we, we did all that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, their 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 idea is that you should have uh, ideas because these programs are all related in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, this, we learnt a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We did organic chemistry, reactivity chemistry, and yeah, we learnt a lot of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. animal biology. Imagine we even studied some fossils at some point. Yeah. We are doing some fossils. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we are studying stuff. That's- that existed well <laughs> some thousands of years ago and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, my God, is this what I came for? And yeah, but then we started now getting 
into the like the skin really really like this is the course that you want to do we did now microbiology we did biochemistry mm-hmm. structural biochemistry we did metabolic biochemistry mm-hmm. uh metabolic biochemistry um i'm actually doing it uh, this semester okay. yeah we did micro yeah i did micro i think i mentioned that i did microbiology mm-hmm. and um animal, animal biology mm-hmm. well there's also plant biology that we had to do as well and yeah you guys are literally like studying everything <laughs> I, I, I mean it's it's we are doing everything i mean you have to know everything yeah yeah we're doing almost everything and yeah we learned a lot of stuff i think this semester now i'm doing um uh well it's called enzymology mm-hmm. enzymology is like uh study of enzymes mm-hmm. then i have uh i i did para- parasitology mm-hmm. which is the parasite part mm-hmm. i think them in french mm-hmm. and uh i also did uh immunology mm-hmm. which is immunity studying of immunity i did reproduction as a as a module as well i just finished it like last week ah wow yeah so yeah i think i was i'm also i was also done with the knowledge we even wrote the exam we finished it mm-hmm. yeah so we i'm doing virology mm-hmm. uh, the virus one mm-hmm. the viruses. then there's bacteriology as well the bacteria part mm-hmm. and then um yeah you guys. I think that we are doing about, huh? I think you guys are just like doctors because I don't see the difference between what you guys are studying and people who are in medical school. Maybe we should be just. <laughs> Why are they dividing? I'm also doing pharmacology. <laughs> you see. I'm also doing pharmacology. <laughs> it's the same, right? Because, like, apart from the four, I, I think it's... apart from the four seals thing. Yeah. All the courses you mentioned, like medical students here, have them everything, like literally. So now my question is like, why are they even dividing? The first thing was like uh, in the first year, the first uh, two years. Mm-hmm. That's where we used to do part of the fossil thing and not do this, the rest of this stuff, which are not related so much to medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but for now, I think uh, these are the courses that we are doing on the destination. Okay. Do you... Ecology, immunology, and mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do, like, um, humanitarian sciences, like philosophy, history, things in those lines? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Except that in, our, in my first two years, we did... Well, it wasn't really... Okay, well, it was just language. Mm-hmm. Like, the chemical language and stuff like that where we did a little bit of uh, how language started and yeah just to help with communication and stuff like that mm-hmm. we used to call it i think tech okay which is the chemical something 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 <laughs> and communication something techniques and communication something something yeah just something to, to help with the language thing and then they show you how to write your cvs how to apply for jobs how to search for jobs and how to do that just mm-hmm. to help you uh and it's easier in society when you when you graduate yeah, yeah. but uh when but after, after two years we, we are doing now something that is we are doing something that is related to communication just specifically to the field and okay. yeah 
Okay, I mean, that's amazing. You guys are studying some interesting stuff. So, like, um, you talked about the thing that the academic system differs from the one we have in Zambia, right? Which is true. I feel like each and every country yeah. has their own. Sometimes even some schools might kind of, like, make their own kind of like sub-education system. So, can you tell us about, like, how it differs from the one they have in Zambia? And what kind of things does your university lean more into? Because there are some universities which are like, they are so big on essays, like you'll be writing two essays every week. There are universities which are big on like, I don't know, presentations, some is assignments, some they are big on like, not necessarily the writing stuff, but they give you like all exams, for example, here. So like, what is the situation for you guys that side? I think uh, my, my, my university world, well, they are so much into the, the teaching part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They teach us to the extent you feel saturated. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like there's too much information they have given you. And you know, when you teach for classes, they'll teach you to an extent you feel like, why cover this week tonight? Mm-hmm. Like, because in the morning, I have to be in class. Yeah. And why manage to cover all this spectacles? Because I was teaching. They'll give you a lot of information. I'm like, God, I'm saturated right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think um, our the education system differs from the one in Zambia. is that, uh, yes, our semesters are shorter. Mm-hmm. I think semesters, semesters go, uh, I think, four months. Okay, when do they start? Yeah, like, they go for four months. When is the beginning of the academic year? Well, the academic year starts uh, in September. Mm-hmm. Then September, October, November, December, they are, they are writing exams. Mm-hmm. So I think the, what has affected the whole system is the weather thing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when it's 45 degrees or 42 degrees, no one wants to be in class. Of course. I mean, no one wants to be in Yeah, so, so usually when it's a summer, it's the, the whole period of summer is the holiday, so mm-hmm. we don't learn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they utilize the the winter part. Mm-hmm. That's the part they utilize the most. Mm-hmm. And summer takes uh, about uh, I think uh, three months of the year. Mm-hmm. I think three months of the year it takes about three months of the year. So it's kind of limits them to to the only winter. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, they have really shortened the, the semester. So mm-hmm. in doing that, there's also uh, I mean, it affected their studies as well. Mm-hmm. Because now, studies become intensive. Yeah. It's not like uh, in Zambia where you'll be doing a course maybe for six months or a year, where you are, you go for class today, tomorrow you don't have class, and then they, you do a lot of the assignments. Here it's like, it's work and work and work, and after work is work. Until the end of the <laughs> so semester. It's really, really exactly that's why you see most of most people like will be offline mm-hmm. like even talking with family sometimes it comes up yeah. you just be sending voice notes mm-hmm. when you're free you you do a voice note and then for them to just know you are okay and they're doing fine yeah. and stuff like that yeah because it's charged it's really charged mm-hmm. and it's for me like my my program is really charged mm-hmm. because i go in the morning i come back at 18 hours Jeez. If I go around seven, mm. I'll come back at eighteen. Because mm-hmm. for this period, I'm having like classes for four hours. Mm-hmm. This professor will come and teach for four hours. Mm-hmm. This another professor will come and teach for four hours. And after that, maybe I'm having like practice course for four hours again. So, and 
have to prepare for an exam which is maybe in the morning tomorrow mm-hmm. after learning all this period. So it's very exhausting and stuff. Yeah, but we are trying. We are, we are managing. Yeah. So now can you kind of like tell us how you manage, like what kind of, I don't know, study tips or resources do you use to kind of help you cover as much information as you can in this short time? And also, like this, look at the period when you did not know the language very well and but you like the learning was still going on so like what did you kind of do in that period to kind of still help you be moving forward even though the language is like it's kind of in the way yeah i think for me like um because i started understanding when i was when i did the the three months in 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 the capital city Mm -hmm. when i came to the university i was I was already understanding what I was reading, so it was easier for me mm-hmm. on that part because mm-hmm. I was already understanding. But it didn't take away the fact that there was a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there was a lot of work. I think what, what I used to do then was to, I used most of my time to study, mm-hmm. less time to start, talk with friends, mm-hmm. to move about. You know, those early days, you want to check out the place, when you come to a new place, you want to travel here and there. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I'll do that maybe later. Let me first do school because mm-hmm. this is what I came for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so most of the time was dedicated so much, so much to school. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I increased the number of hours I used to study. Mm-hmm. I think I used to do like uh, five, five hours, sometimes six hours of study, mm-hmm. sometimes seven. Mm-hmm. And that was intense. Yeah, just to cover as much weight. Yeah, that was very intense. And I knew there was so much to cover. And the way it is, if, if they would they, they prepare the timetable well at the beginning of the semester, so you know already that on this particular day, mm-hmm. they we are going to have exams. Mm-hmm. And then professors as well, if they, they are limited to this period, mm-hmm. they would teach as much as, I, as they can. Mm-hmm. Whether you understand, you don't understand. I mean, to university, <laughs> if you really want to understand, yes. you can go ask the professor. If you don't want, that's your case. Mm-hmm. Like, teach university. So, so I felt much work was on my part, so I used to start. And then I also had seniors mm-hmm. who are already doing the program. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, they came in to help us and just teach us strategies, especially analysis, mm-hmm. um, analytical mathematics. They used to help us uh, go through questions and stuff like that. And apart from that, what helped me is I was, they always pass papers that we get. Okay. So you do the past papers and then... Yeah, you look at how questions are asked and what you mm-hmm. you can focus on as you are studying and stuff. But the 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 most part came from seniors mm-hmm. because they have gone through it, so they know exactly how the system works and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they really have passion with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So um seeing that you did not know the language in that place did you at any point encounter like imposter syndrome feeling like i don't know if like i can manage to do all this work in a foreign language maybe i should just go home or stuff like that did you kind of experience that and if you did how did you kind of overcome it well on i never thought of going back home (laughs) (laughs) that's i never thought i was like I'm here, I'm doing the same because I've, I had already seen some people had managed, like seniors who are doing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I came, I said one of the seniors, 
came out as the best student mm-hmm. in one of the universities. Oh, that's great. Yeah, like he was the best student. Like he is, his mark was very, very high. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So from that, and I was talking to him because we knew each other. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him and then in terms of so from that, I think I was motivated already to work extra, extra hard. Yeah. Work extra, extra hard. But mm-hmm. the only thing that I feared was failure. Mm-hmm. I, nev- I feared I feared failure. I never wanted to fail. Mm-hmm. Even though I was motivated, but then there, there was still this thought, can I do this? Can I manage? Mm-hmm. Or can I be like him or something like that? Yes. Yeah. So it was from there that I put in so much work. So mm-hmm. that, that's the exam still came and I'm adjusting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> still came and I'm adjusting somewhere, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I, I did, I did some courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the system is that um, if, if, if you don't pass the first exam, they, are, they prepare to exam. There's the second exam. Mm-hmm. You have to qualify for the second exam as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I had not qualified in the first exam, but I had qualified to sit for the second exam. So, mm-hmm. so I, I did, I think, uh, I think uh, a number of courses. I, I sat for the second exam and I still managed to clear and proceed to the, to the following semester. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's good because <laughs> you still need to find a, like a way to bounce back when the exam hits you. Because sometimes it's unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, can you tell us about like, are there employment opportunities for students who would want to find like a job, um, like a side hustle outside school there in Morocco? Like, are there opportunities like that, and kind of like examples? Yeah, I think in terms of uh, opportunities, mm-hmm. there are a number of opportunities, except that. Um, because looking at the way the system is very charged, mm-hmm. uh, the semesters are packed and intensive. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to work, you have to choose one thing. Mm-hmm. If it's work, it's work. Mm-hmm. If it's school, it's school. Mm-hmm. So, but if you, if you are someone that wants, like maybe you've graduated mm-hmm. and you want to work, mm-hmm. yeah, there are opportunities. I know a number of students who are friends okay. who graduated and they are, they are working in certain places. Mm-hmm. And then there are also side hustles like teaching teaching English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can teach English. Mm-hmm. Like there are some people, like professors want maybe some professors want you to teach their their children some English course. Mm-hmm. They will pay you for that. And then there are also call centers, mm-hmm. call centers where they want someone who's bilingual, mm-hmm. where you can speak French and you can speak English as well. So those are the opportunities that are there. And then you can also if you have done like your program you're done mm-hmm. you can apply and then like you can be selected you can work with a private company yeah oh, really? and then they they pay for for services mm-hmm. yeah but for you to be like the you guys get visas right like you have student visas for you to be able to live there legally right or maybe like... yeah, for us they are not not really like visas but then they are resident permits oh Residence payment, uh, yeah. So you, when you, when you come with, when we come with the visas, I think our visas that we come with are only for four months or three months, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you come, then you, you apply for the residence permit. Mm-hmm. Then when the, you get it, then you, you just have to renew your permit. Mm-hmm. Depending on how many years you have, you have 
like you paid for. Mm-hmm. So like I got my first one, I got it the the first one I got five after a year. Okay. And then I renewed it and paid for for the one that goes for three years. Mm-hmm. And after that I can still I can still pay for I can still renew it for another three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of expenses, what are kind of like the most common big expenses which students need to kind of prepare themselves in their mind like okay when i have my money i need to pay for this this and this like what are those big expenses which you guys have to pay for okay here for uh, here in morocco unlike for most countries mm-hmm. uh, i think i heard that uh, algeria russia if i'm not mistaken <laughs> if i'm wrong you correct me yeah i heard that uh, you guys actually say in uh, how can I call them? Uh, boarding houses? Kind of like hostels. It's like a hostel. Hostels. But well, for us, there is no such. Mm-hmm. You actually rent an apartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you rent an apartment, then you pay for it. So it's, that's what takes a lot of our money. Mm-hmm. Like you have to pay for the apartment. Because they'll charge you the normal way they charge. Like they charge someone who's renting their apartment. So if it if the apartment is three thousand, they'll charge you three thousand. Mm-hmm. If it's two thousand, they'll charge you three two thousand. Then you, it's up to you how to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. Then you I mean you share you share the cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then there are also hostels as well. Most of these hostels uh well you have to apply for them through an agency. Then if they give you the place that when you shift there. Mm-hmm. And apparently I mean some some hostels the conditions are not they're not good. so good, so mm-hmm. most 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 of us we, we prefer to stay outside mm-hmm. because you find that maybe in a room you won't share. Maybe maybe you might be there three people mm-hmm. or even or even four sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then the condition the conditions of being for it's not a it's not a problem. But then the the condition the general conditions of the whole uh, building is isn't so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of uh, of okay. What about like medical insurance and stuff? Do you guys pay for things like that? Yeah. Uh, well, we do get allowances from the agents that deals with uh, foreign students here in Morocco. Mm-hmm. They do give us allowances. Mm-hmm. They do give us allowances. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where they cut the, the medical insurance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And then if you want to, usually where, where you are, mm-hmm. you if you're Maybe if you're faced or you are, you've done some form of medical treatment or whatever is the case, mm-hmm. you have to, I mean, there's, there's paperwork that, there's some paperwork that you have to do for you to get your money back. Because mm-hmm. in the first place, you're in a different city, so, so you probably use your money. Mm-hmm. It's not that they, they, they are everywhere, the insurance is, I mean, linked or connected everywhere. Mm-hmm. So you maybe have to first use your money, mm-hmm. then you go and claim your money back and then they refund you mm-hmm. yeah so that's my case i'll add add a toothache <laughs> and the cavity mm-hmm. so and i'm in a, in, a, in a city that is far away from the capital so mm-hmm. i had to i went to the dentist actually yesterday and then mm-hmm. yeah spent some money there <laughs> spent some money and then mm-hmm. yeah which i wish i have to go and claim when i go to the capital city mm-hmm. okay
what kind of advice would you give to people who want to come and pursue biomedical science in that place? Well, on, on that one, like, if you really want to do biomedical science, mm-hmm. it should be your passion. You'll be dealing with stuff that normally you don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mentioned most of the stuff, like, you'll be dealing with people's brain. Mm-hmm. matter for you to examine and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll bring you saliva or something. Yeah, because that's the definition of body fluids. <laughs> if you want to do biological science, it should be your, your passion. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something that you want, that you want to do. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something that you're forced into. Mm-hmm. It should be something that you've decided by yourself. Because, and then you also need to find out more about uh, biomedical science, as I said, if you do with people's stuff, mm-hmm. fluids and stuff like that, so a form of body, body fluids you can think of, you deal with them, you take them to the lab, and then, I mean... Everything so if, which if you, you don't, don't want have, to touch in real life, <laughs> basically. Exactly. Now, talk of it, you're examining the thing. Minutes is in close proximity with you. Sure. <laughs> That's it. So if you don't love your job, if you don't love your job, mm-hmm. I mean, you fail to do your job yeah. effectively. Yeah. So it should be something that you love. And then, yeah, there is, I, I mean, the future, well, they say the future is female. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I don't know if that is true. <laughs> the future is so female. Yeah, but... <laughs> I feel biomedical science is the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Is the what? I mean, we all feel uh, conscious, but yeah, it, it's, it's the next big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, even uh, COVID, you know, the COVID, the coronavirus, mm-hmm. the coronavirus, I think. So the pressure was on the biomedical scientists to really find out the the, the cure and, mm-hmm. and the vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, so... With the way the, the, the world is going and each time they are, we are having new diseases, no, we have Ebola this side, we have COVID, no, we have... Uh, we have monkeypox. Omicron, yeah, Omicron, monkeypox, so that... So, I mean, the pressure is on the biomedical science. So, I think it's in the near future, there will be more demand for biomedical science. Mm-hmm. Just like doctors are in demand, there will be also... I demand for biomedical scientists because mm-hmm. I mean the, we have new new diseases that are coming in time and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Uh what are some of the myths? or untold truths you found in that place which like nobody who you asked told you about those things about Morocco or studying what you're studying and then you kind of like discovered them when you were there. Are there some things like that which you encountered? Well, I, I think for that one, like, I think on the language part, mm-hmm. some people used to say, well, if you ask some people, they say, no, it's very easy mm-hmm. and, you know, because maybe them, they have been here for some time, and then they'll say, no, it's, 
the language is very easy and then you learn it. Mm-hmm. Others used to tell us you do it actually in, in three months, mm-hmm. you'll be speaking, the French will just be coming out naturally and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so when we came and we came and spent three months, mm-hmm. I couldn't even you know, I couldn't even make a sentence or a phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no. But most people said it it comes naturally. Well, it's in in some in some form it's true, but mm-hmm. I feel it's language is something that you also have to be intentional about. Mm-hmm. Something that you have to decide to say, I want to learn this language. Yeah. Because with time you you know when when you, you learn a bit of it, I mean to the extent where you are going to class, you understand and then you pass your exam. I mean, the interest to learn the language details goes mm-hmm. this time. So you'll be like, I'm passing my exams, I'm doing everything. I can communicate with people and I can do all, I can get what I want. So you find that you stop learning. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to learn the language to the extent you're able to speak, to speak it, you will be something that you have to be intentional about. So it's something that I discovered mm-hmm. that uh, I discovered when I actually came here that it's not as easy as people put it. Mm-hmm. It's something that is, requires a little bit of some effort and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, experience and time also matters. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Last question. I feel like you are someone who has like a good worth ethic, ethic. Like when you're supposed to work, you know, like I'm supposed to work, like you are going to do it, which is good. So, um, what, <laughs> you know, because there are these like mental battles which should be going on in your head instead of you studying, be like, Oh my God, I have to study all this. You check the pages, you check the time, like, bruh. <laughs> But from you, I'm getting the vibe of like, okay, 50 pages, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not very true because, you know, sometimes I'm also lazy. I feel lazy. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm sound like um, I'm too much on I'm a bookworm or something, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. I do feel lazy sometimes, mm-hmm. but, you know, because if I, if I say, I, if I say I want to do the, the thing, mm-hmm. An exam, for instance, mm-hmm. like on Thursday, this coming Thursday, I'm having an exam, mm-hmm. and just the previous Tuesday, I was having an exam. Mm-hmm. So this Thursday, I'm having an exam. I have no option but to to get myself on on two legs and start moving. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just something. It's because of the exam, the pressure and thing. But this it was just something that uh, that really did up to me. I'm also someone who who just be chilling. <laughs> I just I, I enjoy doing that, you know. I just tell my friends like I enjoy doing nothing, <laughs> just sitting around Me too. and then I do some music, a little bit of some music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just play my guitar or something. Oh <laughs> you are like a musician. You play on instruments. Well well I wouldn't want to claim like I'm one, but <laughs> yeah, I just do try like uh I'm the lead uh, I'm the lead guitarist at church or so I'm responsible for all the guitarists and yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we are trying. That's great. Yeah. So my question was that: What do you think is a personal habit which has helped you to kind of move through the road, kind of like roadblocks which we have? 
throughout this process of like when you leave school, now you have to set, suddenly like apply to all these places. Sometimes they reject you, but you kind of have like you still have to keep it moving. Like uh, you go to the other side to find like language barriers and stuff like that. How do you get through that? I, th I think, uh, well, it's far from them there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, the habit that I've developed is on trying to keep on trying. Mm -hmm. Though sometimes it feels like that. Just let go of the thing and then just forget about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I've learned that you just need to keep on trying. Even if, well, in the my system is something very good for me, mm -hmm. but I kept on trying and stuff. So something like resistance, mm -hmm. something that I've learned with time, mm -hmm. something that I've made the habit to really keep on trying. If it fails the first time, I give it a try the second time. If it fails, I still give it a try. Yeah. Until it works out. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I've adopted to actually. Yeah. yeah. That's something I'm, I'm using to just keep on trying. Because there are certain courses uh, that, that were really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter how hard I started, but, you know, I would have to go for the second exam to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to actually clear the course. Yeah. So, so yeah. That's, when I when I get such a course, I mean, I'll just, you know, there's that discouragement afterwards. Mm -hmm. You've tried your best, you're putting all you can do. Mm -hmm. You're putting all the hard work and then just not working out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just get myself back back on on feet and then I just you know, I just try, yeah. I just try for the second time, third time, or fourth time if it, if it requires me to do so. Yeah, the thing about failure is that in the moment when you're experiencing it like it's a negative emotion like failure or rejection mm. but the second time you do it you do things with perspective like mm. think about what you just told me about um applying for the first time you did not make it you said you learned something from it right yeah. which you applied for the second time so i feel like when it comes to failure i mean it sucks like you're prepared yeah. for these things and then you do not fail Exactly. Or you spend all this money applying for this scholarship or for to get into this school which you wanted so much but you just don't go there like we cannot um how can i say this we cannot be insensitive and say like okay just get over it like it's not valid no it's a valid emotion but when you do it for the second time you can see it through a positive lens of like now i know the wrong things i did now i have perspective of what is like like when i go there i yeah, know i'm going to yeah. nail it like that's yeah. that's a good thing so yeah we should definitely keep on trying yeah it should be something that i mean we have to learn from failure when when you fail you, and there's I, I think i heard someone say you actually fail when you stop trying mm -hmm. <laughs> that's when you actually fail yes yeah but as long as you're trying then you're not, then you're not failing mm -hmm. yeah. also if you are scared of failing, for me, I feel like it means you are protecting your ego because you want to come off as someone who is always doing something perfectly. If there is a potential of you to fail something, you don't do it. So it's like you want to grow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I also think there is also some kind of ego which comes with success. For example, let's say I apply for the scholarship, right? Um, I am selected. Yeah. Nobody really knows like what 
is the criteria they use to select the candidates. Obviously, we know that it's based on yeah. merit, but other than that, let's say we have three students, they all went to like grade schools, they have good marks, they have strong letters of recommendation and stuff like that, and you only need one. How do you choose from those three? You don't know how they actually chose you. So like when they select you, you feel like, okay, I did it, I made it, but like, you don't know the kind of like the favors which were working for you in that place. Yeah, yeah. But when you fail, you know what went wrong and you know how you can do better. How so you can improve, yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming on here. I learned a lot about Morocco. If I was to go, I know like, I know some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I sure. Yeah. Well, Thank it's, you so it's, much. It's a good place. It's a good place. You, you need to visit it one day. Like Maria, nice places. Marrakesh, you can come to Marrakesh. Mm-hmm. Still for vacation or something. Uh-huh. I mean, some of the movies are, I think, uh, many, many in black. I'm not so sure which one. Mm-hmm. It was acted in Marrakesh. And they, as well as uh, Game of Thrones, there's a part they did it in Marrakesh. Yeah, it's a good uh-huh. place. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's so cool. have some night night time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I forgot. To the desert as well. You see the fire desert. <laughs> yeah. You know how I imagine like the desert? I feel like it's like hot. Like you just can't bear the heat in the desert. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. I know. No, actually, actually the, it, it's like uh, it's like the, the desert is just part of the country. Mm-hmm. This like the southern part of the country, that's where the desert is. Okay. It's shared between countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's on the southern part. But then the rest is it's cool. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, there are beaches there. The the border to Spain, you can see it. You yeah. can see Spain actually on the other side. That is so cool. To, to Tanger. Mm-hmm. Like it's close. Mm-hmm. So you can see the city in Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Gibraltar or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gibraltar, you can see it, the city, the lights and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the beaches are very nice. And the place is marvelous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reason. Anyways, I forgot to ask one question. How long does it take to study biomedical science? Like how long is the program? And how long does it all take when you add the whole language thing together? Well, if you add the language part, takes about four four years. Mm-hmm. But normally, if 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 we were to eliminate the language part, just three years. Mm-hmm. Because I think we in Morocco they they use they don't use the English system; they use the French system. Mm-hmm. And apparently, in the French system, uh, the programs are shorter than the English one. Because mm-hmm. uh, a a degree here, you you do it for three years. Mm-hmm. A diploma, you do it for two years. A masters, a masters, you do it for five years. Mm-hmm. So the way I, the way I'm doing my my degree, mm-hmm. if I want to do a masters, I work two years. Mm-hmm. If I'm, I want to do my PhD uh, within uh, eight years, mm-hmm. I should have gotten my PhD. That's amazing. That is normal. The the that's the normal. I mean, the number of years that a medical doctor would take, about seven years, mm-hmm. and seven years. Just for medical school. You're yeah, not even that's an it. intern, like. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, that's the medical degree and stuff like that. But then, if I'm really serious with school, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm really serious with school, like if I go up to 
those number of years, like I would be finishing the doctorate. And, and then the other part as well, the uh, pharmacy is a doctorate. Oh. Pharmacy is doctorate. You do it. You don't do it for, you don't do it at degree level. Mm-hmm. You can only do it at doctorate level. So these ones, who, these guys who come as, I want to do pharmacy. Mm-hmm. They do pharmacy for seven years, actually. Whoa. And then they graduate with doctorate. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a long time, but like, it's kind of worth it. You know, you are done. When you're out, yeah. you're out. <laughs> so actually, pharmacists, pharmacists here, they are called doctors mm-hmm. because they have doctorate. Yeah. Yeah, so they do seven years. And then um, dentistry, you also did seven years here. Mm-hmm. And then architecture, you do it, you do it seven years here as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, medicine, you do it seven years. Okay. So these are these are some of the longest longest courses that people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then if you want to add more years, then it's the dentistry to specialize another five years. Mm-hmm. That is specialization. Mm-hmm. Wait. So like so. It, so like seven plus do, five, which your, is like twelve. Specialization, you spent 12 years at school. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's that it. is if you decide to do specialization. That's if you decide to specialize. <laughs> yeah. But you know, specializations like in the medical field just takes long. Because, like, uh, let's say you are studying medicine in Zambia. I don't know if it's seven years or six years. You need to do then two years of internship. Yeah which is if you did uh, seven, that is nine. And then after that, you go into specialization, which is another like one or two years. If you look at maybe the program in the U.S., before you yeah. go to medical school, you need mm-hmm. to go to like college, which is four years. Then you go to medical school, four years, eight. And then you need to go for residency, which depending on the specialty is three or more years, like three is like a minimum. So many mm. are 11 years just studying. <laughs> Bro. I mean, even the money you guys get after you graduate, so yeah. the money that you get when you graduate, it's a lot, it's a lot. You can't compare it. For instance, you can't uh, compare it to a biomedical yeah. Unless maybe mm-hmm. the biomedical scientist specialized or maybe as a doctor that's when maybe you get to you mm-hmm. speaking of money yesterday i was watching a youtube video on a channel called med school insiders uh they talk about stuff about studying medicine and the whole process but it kind of like focuses on the process in the u.s yeah. and in this video they were talking about like uh american doctors paid a lot like like, is there pay too much? Like, is it worth it to pay them this much? So now in the video, they were like breaking down, like they're kind of arguing for and against the pay. So now they were calculating, like most medical students, when they leave medical school, they have student loans, mm-hmm. which is a lot and you have to pay for a long time. So meaning you had to spend money for medical school, you had to spend money for college, and then you only start being paid in residency and then it's not even a lot. So like for a minimum of eight years, you're just spending without receiving. And for the most part, because many people can't afford it, they get loans and they have to pay those loans back. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, the money is just circulating in the government. Yeah, yeah, usually. Or wherever it's I mean, uh, 
medicine has always been highly esteemed. So, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. one of those courses, it deals with the money and stuff like that. So, it's one of the courses which is, which is considered a, a priority in every government. So, mm-hmm. they invest a lot of money in it. And, yeah, even you to get it, you have to invest a lot of effort. <laughs> It doesn't come on a silver platter. Energy time. Yeah, it just is the energy. For seven years, you'll be wasting your energy, your time, your concentration. I mean, I mean, you sacrifice a lot for it. So the money is worth it. You You're motivated, yeah. demotivated, and motivated exactly. again. Motivated, <laughs> motivated. Then you know, life moves and stuff like that. In as much as we are doing the similar courses. But you guys still go in detail in, uh, I mean, doing these this courses in detail. For us, uh, I think, uh, yeah. yeah, we do learn the courses. Well, we do learn those that are very much related to our course. We do them in detail. But, uh, uh-huh. well, I don't know how, how far you guys go, but, yeah, what I know is that you guys go in detail a little bit. We do a little bit of more details. For them. Uh-huh. Yeah, because for us, like in immunology, we do, we do all the types of immunity. Mm-hmm. And then we do the, the natural ones and the adaptive one and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, we do the, the techniques of the lab and stuff. What about like the chemical reactions and stuff, which you can use to find yeah, the antigens, antibodies? The chemical reactions, the chemicals, yeah, those techniques. And well, it's, I think it's the same, but <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know where, where the dif- the difference lies. I feel like maybe the difference is probably in the clinical subjects because I am in my third year now, and um, this is like the last year of pre-clinical subjects. Next year we start subjects like therapy, cardiology, I don't know, gynecology. Those like clinical subjects where you are kind of like learning the disease parts, the diagnostics, and also the kind of like doctor patients, you know, how do you get the history for a patient, from a patient, for example, you don't learn that in anatomy, histology, biochemistry, like that one is just pure like theory only. But the other ones, they have like the hospital part in it. So maybe you guys don't go into detail with that. Well, I, th- I think for us, yeah, we don't go as fast uh, because we are not uh, dealing with individuals directly, so mm-hmm. we don't go as as much as a uh, doctor patient patient mm-hmm. um, relation or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I think our job that's where now we end. Like that's kind of limit mm-hmm. for you guys. You proceed into you know doctor patient relationship and doctor patient ratio or something like that. Yeah. Right. We just end on on doing this. I mean when I. When I do my human physiology next semester, mm-hmm. and I also do my uh, genetics mm-hmm. and uh, this one, one, this one, genetics and the heredity, mm-hmm. something like that, and then there is another, then there is another course which I need to check out next semester. Mm-hmm. Then I'm the rest of the semester I'll just be working in the lab at the hospital, and then after working in the lab. After working in the lab, I'll come and defend my degree. Mm-hmm. That will be probably in July. Mm-hmm. I'll defend my degree. And when I defend it, voila. Peace. I'll be done. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so 
the difference is actually in the clinical staff. Thank you so much for taking time. Sure, my pleasure. Sure. Okay, bye. All right, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us till the end of today's episode. Because in this time, you might as well be watching Netflix, YouTube, football. I understand there's a World Cup going on. I don't know if it's done or not. I'm not really a soccer fan, so I don't actually know what's going on. But you could be doing all the things in this time. But you decided to come and listen to this podcast really means a lot thank you so 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 much for staying with us be sure to check out the heaven's ambassadors facebook page share this podcast with your friend and have an amazing weekend going forward peace